What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're back home. We're back home. At the studio. Well, we're back. We're back at in our dining our, room table. We're back at our dining room table. We have moving blankets set up around us. <laughs> we're calling it a studio. Our dogs are whining quietly in the background. Yeah, we've driven quite a lot. Yesterday, we drove from six a.m. until two a.m. the next day. Yeah, it was fun. It was a day. We also visited your sister. Yep. Dropped off a, a birthday present uh, because she lives four hours away from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we maybe put an offer on a home. <laughs> It was a crazy day yesterday. Did a lot. Yeah. yeah, but now we're here and we are home. It's quieted down. We've recovered from Panic Fest, the week-ish long festival in Kansas City that we've been talking about all month long and last month, filled with genre films, uh, special events, and a karaoke party that I will never forget. Last week, we released our interview with Mick Garris, the Q&A that we hosted after the screening of Sleepwalkers. Uh, Next week, we will be back in double feature territory. We're talking about Ready or Not. But before we get into any of that, we wanted to share our favorites from the festival, our highlights from Panic Fest 2022. Because honestly, I think we both watched our two favorite movies of the year at this festival. Yeah, it's going to be a tough call because I there's one I'm still ruminating over, and I'm probably going to be ruminating over it for the next five to ten years. Kim, When she, Kim says ruminating, she means procrastinating. She is still not written the review gonna... that she keeps fucking promising me <laughs> she's gonna write. I'm gonna do it today. <laughs> you gotta you gotta tell okay, it has to be out by the time this podcast comes. If we're gonna if we're gonna tell people about it. But I gotta movie... do the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write the review. I, I want will. it up by midnight tonight. I have no adjectives for this movie. I've been drafting them in my head the entire drive home, which was like twenty seven hours. I have no words. You're like, oh shit. Confounded. This movie, yeah. Confounded is the only thing I have for sure. This, okay, let me write you your first sentence right now. What the fuck? There's that. Okay, second <laughs> sentence. This movie blew my brains out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's my title. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. First, I just want to talk a little bit about Panic Fest. Yeah, they were celebrating their 10th year. So fucking rad. And it was our first year attending. How special for them. <laughs> 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 yeah, we've covered Panic Fest virtually for a few years. Uh, there was this little pandemic that was in the way of us going in person. But what a fun fucking festival. Yeah, if you are unfamiliar with Panic Fest, but you've been attending Fantastic Fest, or you've, you know, you've always had FOMO of Fantastic Fest or Beyond Fest that happens in LA, Panic Fest is the Midwest version of that, and it is so 
fucking good. Like, not only uh, is the, the feature film programming great, they have an incredible shorts block. Uh, and the audience, especially the Kansas City audience, they are the coolest fucking horror fans in America. It is the perfect marriage between a big festival and a small festival. It's got all of the things you love about a big festival, but still retains the intimacy of a smaller festival. And it is, like you were saying, just filled with genre fans. There are some festivals that we go to that are like purely industry and networking, and those are fun and those are great, and the parties are always super classy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just like hangout vibes all week long, and we got to talk to film fans and celebrate these weird fucking movies, of which there was one every. There were for every fucking day. Right. We made so many new friends at this festival. It was it was a blast. Yeah, I just, it was at, it was like summer camp. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like all of the weirdos in the center of the of the country just like got together to hang out and talk about the craziest goddamn movies of the year. And I know we've been super hungry for film festivals because it fully admitting this is our first festival back from COVID, so we haven't seen any horror fans in person for 2 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, we were just high on life. Just high on life and blood and guts and gore. Yeah, shout out to everybody that took the time to listen to me talk about movies at this festival, because I could be a lot sometimes. But also, uh, you know, huge thank you to everyone that, that had, had nice, things, nice things to say about the podcast. It was so great to meet fellow fiends and and to hang out with fellow podcasters as well. There were some great podcasts in the festival this year. It's been a really long time since we've run into people that have listened to the podcast. I've been in a bubble for a while, being like, nobody listens to Nightmare on Film Street. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Who are we? What is life? <laughs> and yeah, shout out to Tim and Adam who run the festival, brought us on board for the special presentation of Sleepwalkers. We had so much fun being a part of the festival this year, and we are absolutely going to be involved again next year, whether they like it or not. Yeah, we're just going to show up. We'll <laughs> kick the doors down and be like, guess what? We host this movie now. <laughs> we're doing karaoke. <laughs> it's pretty much how it went down this year as well. I just sent Adam a text message like, hey, you doing karaoke? Because if not, you are now and we did and it was rad what do you think was your favorite screening of the festival <sighs> favorite audience reactions anything like you, the, your favorite in theater experience at the festival it's, it's very complicated so i'm gonna save my favorite film watch when we talk about our favorite movie later on sure sure, sure. um but in terms of like the audience experience and the audience reaction i thoroughly enjoyed oh man all of the special presentations were good bubba hotep was great Seeing that with an audience and Joe Bob's introduction, he started out by roasting the entire film festival lineup. So knowing all of the filmmakers that were in the audience hearing Joe Bob roast their movie was, I just felt great for them. That was was cool too, because we were on site at the festival. We we did not have time to watch the season premiere of The Last Drive-In on Shudder. But Joe Bob and Darcy were there introing Bubba Hotep, hosting a QA and a afterward. That was a lot of fun. And I don't want to plug like our event that we did that much. But... Oh fuck that! That's what, that was what I was gonna say. <laughs> okay. My favorite screening at this festival, outside of some movies that blew our brains out our butts, uh, was Sleepwalkers because I've never, we've never seen Sleepwalkers with a live audience. It is made to be seen in a fucking packed theater with people just like awkwardly laughing and And stuff. And giddy for it. Yeah, we did a poll at the beginning of the screening and it was something like 40% of the audience hadn't seen it before. yeah. And the reactions were so great. You could hear like you're saying the apprehension during like all of the incesty moments, (laughs) which hits you pretty hard early on in the movie. Opening scene, hell yeah. (laughs) The way it's 
constructed too is so great. You're just watching, like, wow, okay, there's a bit of an age gap between these two, but whatever, they're probably the villains. And oh, fuck, it's his mom. <laughs> they're making out right now. God damn. Oh, and he, when he picks her up and carries her upstairs, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that movie, that movie it, it plays on a completely different level when you watch it with a crowd of died in the wool horror fans and especially people that haven't seen it before that was a blast and i'm sure i said this in the last episode but one of the the biggest things for me with this screening was how the comedy stood in the forefront yeah when i've watched it you know like at home on my home-sized tv and just enjoyed it on my own not that i just watched this incesty movie like solo we have it on vhs (laughs) i would but yeah like because the characters are so serious and the roles are the roles are really played straight and it's kind of a pretty dark movie when you kind of you know get the uh the taboo jitters out of the way but there's a lot of humor in it which is it's hilarious which is it kind of came as a surprise even though i've seen the movie so many times yeah, Clovis the Cat especially, MVP of the movie. With a lot with a live audience, like, man, people love a people love a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and a hero cat at that. Did you answer what your favorite screening was? I feel like I bumped in there. I'm just kind of saying You're all gonna of them. You're going to tag on me. Okay. <laughs> just watching movies with a group of rowdy beer-swilling fans in Kansas City. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to the screening for Shakespeare Shitstorm. It was everything I hoped it would be. Oh my god. Uh, the- I'm so happy you had a good time. <laughs> yeah, there were a few <laughs> it moments It feels cruel to make you watch this movie a third time. <laughs> there were a few moments where I was like closing my eyes now. And also I grabbed popcorn. I was like I'm escaping, going to go get some popcorn. Missed that really gross scene. I came back and it was like just starting. <laughs> yeah, you really timed that out poorly. Yeah, I tried. Um, yeah, I better come back with my food and drinks, <laughs> right, for all the I, diarrhea stuff. I brought my popcorn back and just set it on the floor. I was like, I don't need this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the audience was just fucking lively and wonderful, cheering and hooting and hollering in all the right places. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, like Sleepwalkers, trauma movies definitely made to be watched with friends, with fans, with a fully packed house. I think it was a sold-out screening, and everybody came there to get weird. I loved it. (laughs) People were in costume for a movie that they hadn't seen before. It was hilarious. Uh, And honestly, I think a perfect lead-in in really weird ways for Rob Savage's new film, Dashcam, which we've talked about previously on the pod for our TIFF coverage last year. So we're probably not going to dedicate a whole lot of time to it here. But this is a new cut. We're seeing the new theatrical cut. When we previously saw it, it was a earlier festival cut. <laughs> How many times can I say that on this podcast? Uh, but yeah, that was another great audience reaction movie because the lead character in that movie is hilarious. It was also kind of fun knowing because there's some really big scares in dash cam. Surprise, surprise, guys. The team that made Host made another really fucking scary movie. Yeah. And knowing those were coming and getting to like listen to the audience and see. That's my favorite thing about being a horror fan is introducing horror. Not that I had anything to do with this, but being part of someone seeing something for the first time because you can like live through them and you're like, you're going to scream now. Oh, yeah. We're not Obviously, we're not going to spoil anything. We're being super vague. But there is there is one particular moment in this movie that is it just like starts bad, gets worse, becomes awful. That uh, the, the way it's built in the movie is so great. And you could just hear the audience like slowly realizing what was happening. It was so great. Just like a wave of like, oh, no. I liked the bit in the car. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> 
Now, we're dancing around uh, what I'm going to consider, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but I'm pretty sure you and I had the two kind of best of the fest. Oh, yeah. These are definitely the two movies that I think would be unequivocally our favorites of the festival. We saw a lot of great movies, but the two we're going to talk about here are the, the, the two that we absolutely want to recommend to you. Put these on your watch list. Keep an eye out for them. If you only have time to watch two movies this year, these are the two. <laughs> First up, Allegoria from Spider-One, who you'll know from Py- uh, Power Man 5000. That one's hitting Shutter later this year, August, I think. Yeah. It's kind of a horror anthology. It's not It's not 100% a horror anthology. It, they are five separate stories. They are obviously all told individually. I think it's 100% going to be billed as a horror anthology. I'd say it is a horror anthology in the way that... Trick or Treat is a horror anthology where the stories are separate, but they weave together. I think this one, uh, even more than Trick or Treat, weaves together in a way that is really influential on all of the other stories. That's true. Like, it's not just like, ooh, cool, fun, we're seeing a bunch of stuff that's happening in one night across the town. Like, they they really do influence each other in small ways, but they are kind of self-contained stuff. Man, I really want to talk about this movie a lot. It's hard to but talk. But I don't about. want to yeah. spoil anything. Um, it's it's a very intense movie, and especially um, if you're a creative person, if you work in the creative industry, it's gonna hit you in the gut in a way. Um, you're like, that's that's all, I see me on the screen. I see my torment and my torture and like my suffering and my pain. And you're just you can really relate to it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the each story focuses on a different it focuses on an artist in a different medium and the darkness that sort of comes from that. So one story is follows actors. Another story follows a painter photographers, musicians, screenwriter, sculptor. They're all fucking great. And buried in there too is this great little fake video nasty that somebody's watching on TV. And so like, keep keep an eye out after the credits to see more of that video nasty. But damn, don't you, don't you wish you could see that? That was a big baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This movie is a perfect marriage of really deep art horror with really some really terrifying visuals that you are not anticipating. Yeah. And, and it's it also just, like it just connects on all fronts. Yeah, it's it, it's also like a really scrappy indie movie too. They made this in six days. Yeah, the shoot was six days, which is for how sharp and polished the film is, is just fucking insane. Yeah, so please, please keep an eye out for Allegory. It's coming to Shutter. Really, all you gotta do is wait for it. That's it. It's not gonna be hard to find. It's you're you're probably already subscribed. But don't waste any time when that one comes. Well, even if, even if not, too, it's going to be on VOD through RLJE. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. You can rent it as well, which makes it super convenient. Fingers crossed for that Blu-ray release. I need this movie. Okay, so the next one is the Brain Out My Butt one. Is that what we were calling it? <laughs> yeah, the, the actual <laughs> title of the movie is The Outwaters. It's written and directed by Robbie Banfitch, who stars in the movie as well. Because, drum roll... It's a fucking found footage movie, baby. Yeah, and this one is, oh, it is so confounding. (laughs) That's my one word for it. You know, it starts as every found footage movie does with that really long, languishing open where it's, you know, a bunch of sometimes insufferable people just building up to nothingness, always having their camera on. And, you know, normally I really fucking love that bit. I'm one of those weird found footage people that are just like, I hope nothing goes bad for these people. This one I really did. did really did want something bad to happen to them. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely a journey that requires patience, and you have to just let it take you for a ride because 
there's a mo- there's a point in the movie where everything just flips and when i mean flips i mean you were on a runaway minecart and like put your hands and arms inside the train at all times yeah i've i've been a little hesitant to call it a Lovecraftian found footage movie. That's kind of the the terminology that's been floating around the festival. I think it's I think it's a hundred percent accurate. It's it, just you think you think of a different movie when you think that, right? Yeah, I would call this just a descent into madness. Yeah, it it deals with that Lovecraftian madness. Like there, it's it's not that there aren't tentacles because there kind of might be. Uh, it's it's just that it it, it deals with. The insanity that comes from dealing with the unknown. Yeah, and and we don't want to say too much on it because the brilliance of this movie comes literally with just sitting and being witness to it. Yeah, yeah, you really, and yeah, oh man. Fuck. It's insane. In the theater when we saw it, it was the end of our fest. We were probably hungover, half awake. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and it, it was the loudest fucking screening I've ever been in. And it's a short movie. I think it's under 90 minutes. I felt like I was in the theater for like six hours. In a good way. In a weird way. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a good way. I just came out and I was like, I need to vomit thoughts about this movie. I don't know if I liked it, but I, I have something to say. We, yeah, we made friends with people in the lobby and then talked about the movie for two and a half hours afterward. We practically stayed up all night. The night where we were supposed to not drink and go to bed early, we wound up going out for drinks and just chatting our damn heads off. Not not even just Kim and I. The other people we were with were just like jumping up and down, just like, I fucking loved this movie. And it's like not the kind of movie that they would na- maybe ever have expected to be their kind of favorite thing. It's, a, it's definitely an oddball film. You could not just pass this to a friend and go, oh, you're going to love this, but... Uh, if if you're the right kind of found footage fan, this is going to be like top tier horror for you, I think. Yeah. I'm overselling it. This is, we got to, we got to stop the hype train, right? We got to just, it's, but we can't. Well, I'm just <laughs> how saying. Do you, how do you show up in like in a three minute podcast? Like you got to look at this. I liked it. Don't want to say anything more about it, but like Jesus Christ, this fucking movie destroyed my head. Yeah. I honestly think. People that are going to love this movie are going to be really questioning whether they like it or not through the screening, leave the screening, and then 10 minutes later on the drive home in the car, be like, wait, this is my favorite fucking movie. Yeah, it's it definitely, it does stuff that I've never seen in any other found footage movie. It plays with the medium in a way I have never fucking seen. Yeah. There's, uh, there, it's got perspective, which it's found footage. Of course it's got perspective, but it's got creative perspective. Yeah, the can the camera really Don't beca- talk about it. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Yeah, watch this movie and definitely stick through it if you're the kind of person who has a hard time with those you know, yeah, suffer hour. through this fucking movie. <laughs> I I really enjoyed the first hour of this movie. I thought it was totally fine. I th- I could I could see what you know what I thought I could see. I'm what we saying were building suffer toward. in the best possible way. Okay, this movie is arduous in the most twisted, fucking sick way. Yeah, what a. What a messed up movie. I I've, hope, I've thought about it every single day since we saw it. I want, I need to see it again. I hope in my fucking heart of hearts that this gets a theatrical release. It's too fucking weird. I know it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm going to just pay thousands of dollars to have one single <laughs> night only where it's just me in the audience so I can watch it again. 
because it's just bonkers. Yeah, keep keep an eye out for your local film festivals. You may, if if the Outwaters is playing, you have to go check it out. What if we become Outwaters deadheads and we just follow oh it around? Oh my god, I love that <laughs> idea. That's great. We have a caravan. Like, we could just <laughs> gather other people and we just become a cult of Outwaters? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Uh, we need to try to get the director on the podcast so he can explain his goddamn movie to us. <laughs> I loved it. It was incredible. What was it about? <laughs> <laughs> People love hearing that. <laughs> oh, boy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But yeah, those are those are definitely Kim and I's favorite films from the festival, Allegoria and the Outwaters. I definitely heard a lot of people talking about both of them. And which is fucking great. I'm swearing a lot just because I'm so happy. Yeah. I just love movies, guys. I just love it. Yeah. What are, <laughs> what are some other movies that you loved at the festival? Um, In no particular order. Yeah, while we're on found footage, Malibu Horror Story. That was great. That was a real fun one. Again, like really creative use of found footage. This one is very multimedia. It's got some news footage. Some of the most believable news footage I've ever seen in a found footage movie ever. Right? <laughs> you know... It's hard to nail news footage. I honestly, and I wrote this in my room review, I was like, did they actually get a news set to shoot their bits? Because this news set is fucking believable. And two, something about the film festival is the quality was so fucking good. I was expecting a lot more, you know, films of an indie nature and this film especially, the color and the cinematography oh, and yeah. talking about a found footage movie, those are two words that you normally do not pair with a found footage review. Yeah. You do not talk about the the composition and the color of the shots, but there's some fucking soupy blues at nighttime. It's so gorgeous. I also just like that there are multiple forms of found footage. We have YouTube mockumentary stuff, actual found footage from kids that went missing, news crew compilation things, and then uh, and then a few and a few others. But yeah, like the color palette of the third act of this movie is so so good, just beautiful. Especially if you're mostly taking place inside a cave, right? Oh, true. <laughs> I feel like we should probably shout out Lux Eterna, Gaspar Noe's new movie. Another movie I have no idea what it was fucking about, but I would watch it again if you, you put it in front of me. When I was writing the review, I found out it was largely improvised. That makes sense? Yeah, like I think they had a structure, they knew what they were going to do, but like, hey, heads up, if you're worried that you might have a seizure watching, looking, staring directly into a strobe light, I wouldn't watch this one. Oh man, everybody in the audience, <laughs> when that warning came up, were like... I don't have epilepsy, question mark. By the end of it, you will know for certain whether or not you do. The the crazy, I don't even think it was a warning, by the way. I think it was a quote saying, oh. It really romanticized. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, like, that, that, that feeling that an epileptic has right before an episode is about to come on, that euphoric rush must feel so great. And you're like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really like, if you have an epileptic episode during this movie, you're fucked. Fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was you. <laughs> it's uh, it's really short. It's I think about fifty minutes. At the festival, they paired it with uh, with another sort of like really long short film called Some Visitors, which is about home invasions. If you like home invasions, you should check this one out. Uh, don't watch it with 
company. <laughs> That'd be my biggest recommendation. Or new mothers. Yeah, right? They paired that with Luxaturna. Luxaturna is, is basically just an hour on a film set and the chaos of a film set. It was really stressful. And as just a fly on the wall in that movie, you're just like, oh, this is this is not going to be a successful film. Yeah, if you like uh, if you like Gaspar Noe, I, I recommend checking it. Yellowvale Pictures is, is putting it out, so it's actually in select theaters right now. You can one of two Gaspar Noe films coming out. Yeah, the the second one seems to be more of a drama. It is starring Dario Argento, which is pretty cool. That's but, interesting, and it's all in split screen, a hundred percent. But it is about an elderly couple dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's. Oh, that stuff makes me sad. Yeah, and especially knowing Gaspar Noe is the one doing it. Mm, that's gonna be that's mm. gonna be weird. But I've always I've also heard it's his most approachable film. So surely nobody's gonna get their head ripped off. Oh. Or well, Luxaturna you know. is quote unquote about witches? Question mark. Right. Do you have epilepsy? Question mark. Yeah. There's a few. There's there's <laughs> clips from Haxon mixed in there. Uh, it's yeah, and they're they're definitely filming some sort of witchy burn at the stake sequence. They're all wearing sunglasses. So they're like cool as shit, witches. <laughs> <laughs> and the actress from Inside is in it and she's just like oh she's why has she not played Morticia yet oh yeah right yeah fucking we need an Angelica Houston biopic immediately and she needs to play her that'd be great right yeah definitely a movie for people who like anxiety or like movies about movie making or hate movie making but love it oh sure yeah you want (laughs) to see people just talk shit about movie making this is the 50 minute movie for you (laughs) have you had to deal with a producer that you hate (laughs) What, what what were some other highlights for you well, one that took away most of the awards at the festival, Panic Fest just announced their Audience Choice Awards, and The Creeping, you know, just ran away with a whole bunch of them. And that was a surprise. This one was just a really solid kind of family trauma horror movie where you're you're going through a mystery and something's unraveling. You're not quite sure what it, what it is in, in nature, like whether it's going to be paranormal and what's going to be discovered. I would say it's very similar to films like, do you remember The Skeleton Key? Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that movie in a minute. Yeah, or like The Others even. Oh, sure. With that really foreboding sense. Again, another movie just fucking phenomenal in coloring. The use of mustard <laughs> in this movie. I love a pop of mustard. <laughs> It was pretty cool. The filmmakers came into town for the... It's a world premiere as well. The filmmakers came into town. They're from Britain. They flew in for the screening and then flew right the fuck back. I don't know how you handle that jet lag. What time is it even in your body? Actually, that's probably the way to do it now that I think about it. Like, You're you like, fly into a time zone, say goodbye to it right away. Enjoy this breakfast film, and it's like 12, <laughs> 12 midnight, and they're like, okay, good day. Yeah, the director is walking around giving out buttons. It's like one of the coolest fucking posters. If you're looking at it on the website, there's, uh, there's a woman who's just got like fucking fire coming out of her eyeballs um and uh, yeah easily one of my favorite posters from the festival you know having not seen it i honestly think the creeping will pair very well with men coming out if i could go real just that low- foreboding mm-hmm. that very creepy foreboding sure well we should yeah if i could go real lowbrow for a minute though if i could if i could talk to the sharknado fans out there I guess also the trauma fans, the Midnight Madness fans, the having 17 beers with your friends on a Friday night and watching a movie that is so goddamn funny, you almost pass out laughing fans out there. You got to check out crabs, crabs with an exclamation mark, guys. (laughs) These fucking crabs just start eating people and they're massive and they're huge and like everybody in this movie smokes weed. It's such a silly movie. It is preposterous in every single way, but just a joy to watch. And and 
I gotta be real here. After Psycho Goreman and with now Crabs, we need to create a subgenre with a really catchy title for Canadian horror because it's the only way to describe movies like this. Does that make sense? I see what you're getting. Like YTV horror. Yeah, Power Rangers horror. Yeah. So in Canada, we our Nickelodeon channel was YTV. There's a lot of crossover between the two, but like it does kind of seem like there's a real unique sense of humor with the YTV. I love when we have our Fiend Club watch parties when we show um, commercial break segments of YTV with like the goopy TV with hands and like all of the weird shit we grew up with and the Fiend Club being like oh this makes so much sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah I uh, understand your origin story (laughs) yeah it's kind of it's kind of MTV it's kind of Nickelodeon but it's also kind of its own weird unique brand of Canadian weirdness it's not just that it's funny some of it's just strange and bizarre for no reason yeah and uh, we even we even have a game show where kids get slimed. It's just called Uh Oh, and they basically just do trivia questions. And when kids get the questions wrong, everybody screams Uh Oh, and they get locked into a tank where the Punisher, who's an a like Jason a, Voorhees, he looks like Jason Voorhees, <laughs> and he just like dumps different colored buckets of goo on kids and stuff. And there's a lot of like time to sitting on whoopee cushions. <laughs> there's a Oh, I forgot about that game. There's a lot. Yeah. That, that's just one little sampling of, of YTV. But yeah, you're right. Uh, we need a name for it. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you call it exploitation. That's... Uh, but it's not, it's not exploiting s- Canadian culture. It's just a snapshot. Credits. It's just like 90s Canadian something. We'll think on it. We need to think of a really good... Because it, it, it is a type of... It is going to be a genre. We're seeing it happen now with the resurgence of 90s and 2000s culture. And there's a weird niche of Canadian nostalgia. It's just... Put it into my veins. Loved every second of it. It's absurd. There's a scene in this movie where this these killer crabs descend on prom. And before, like, they stop when they get to prom because they're enjoying the music. But then when the DJ plays something that the crab doesn't like, he eats the DJ's face and starts DJing himself. Uh, And the kids are going with it until the crabs all turn on them and start eating them. It's wonderful. It is easily one of the goofiest movies and yeah it definitely appeals to us as, as Canadian horror fans hopefully you guys will like it as well if you like if you like Psycho Gorman and Wolf Cop I guess Psycho Gorman Wolf Cop Sharknado there's your there's the trifecta of, of appreciation that will get you to become like the new number one fan of crabs Sharknado is not CanCon but yeah no, not at all. But it's it's in that same sort oh. of like sci-fi nature. We should just call it CanCon horror. Okay, sure. Because we say CanCon all the time, and I don't think anybody really understands what we're meaning. It means Canadian content <laughs> because there's literally a law that says that we have to have a specific amount of Canadian content available on pretty well every medium. When you listen to the radio, half the songs are Nickelback, and it's the law. <laughs> or the Arkells. We get a lot of Arkells. Or the Tragically Hip. Anyway, one of the most like rowdy audience screenings at the festival was an absolute blast and just a great way to kick off the day. Like they put that fucking thing out early. You could watch this movie at two in the a- at two a.m. if you're just delirious uh, from from going out clubbing all night or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it was crap. It was weird coming out of that screening and it still being daylight outside. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what happened to me? <laughs> That and Surf 2, uh, another movie that was just, like, I mean, this is available on Vinegar Syndrome. This is a movie from like 1986 or something. Uh, it made no sense to me whatsoever, but what a wild ride. Um, if you want 
a weird slice of 80s something. I don't know how to describe <laughs> Surf 2. It's just like, it's one of those like, how the fuck did this movie get made? And who the hell saw it? But enough people. It's it's a, it's a really interesting one. I'm actually really pleased that just before leaving on this trip, we rewatched Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Because it was the perfect vibe going into Surf 2. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, what a double bill that would be. Just blow your mind. TCM Underground, if you're listening, please <laughs> get on this. <laughs> Not as outlandish, but definitely just like a flare of of over-the-top fun is a Spanish movie called The Passenger that we saw real late in the festival. Almost missed this one, actually. It's an alien invasion movie, but it's real scrappy, and it is full of practical effects. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a hoot. It's a bunch of people that are ride-sharing from one major city to a small village across the, you know, like eight hours away, 12 hours away. And on the way, they get into an accident. They hit a woman in the middle of the road who turns out to be like, she's got like a fucking alien parasite in her. And it's just this wild, gooey, nasty alien invasion movie that is way over the top and hysterical. And so funny and with a ton of heart. It was a weird marriage of so many genres. Yeah. How do you make a feel-good alien possession movie with zombie zombie results? <laughs> Also, a movie that makes you fall in love with a van. Like a like an actual motor vehicle is a character in this movie. It's not like Herbie the Love Bug. She doesn't talk. She doesn't do anything. But Vanessa is the MVP of The Passenger. <laughs> there are actually like a whole ton of other movies that we missed at the festival, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, so I'm looking forward to checking those out. And I've heard like nothing but good things about a bunch of them. We didn't. We also didn't get a chance to watch the sadness with a live audience. That would have been yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I mean, luckily there there were a few movies that we'd already seen, and we've already talked about the Watcher, the sadness. Man, Watcher's so good. Oh, it's just Watcher, not the Watcher. I mean, that one. That one's also coming out soon too. Anyway, it's going to be doing a, a select theater run. The Innocence, which is coming out. Have we talked about that on the podcast yet? It's kind of like scan, like a toddler's. Toddler scanners? Okay, yeah, maybe not toddler scanners. They're not that young, but like definitely elementary school scanners. It's like if all the things you play you you play pretending in the playground were real shit. <laughs> oh yeah, and like the one kid who played dirty, like actually had the power to like murder you with his mind. Yeah, that was that was some dark stuff. <laughs> that movie's coming out uh, next week, I think. This oh, wow. week, I think it cuts coming out this Friday. Yeah. And Hatching, which we caught at the last film festival about the... You've, I'm sure you've seen the photo from IFC, the giant spooky egg movie. Oh, I think the last movie we watched from the giant spooky egg movie. That's <laughs> Honestly, that's why I watched it too. <laughs> I saw the photo. I was like, well, I got to see what this is. I have no fucking idea. This, this girl's going to hatch an egg that's like the size of her? Yeah, show me that giant bird monster. <laughs> And when the screaming starts, I think the last movie that we watched at the festival, it was a bit of a mockumentary, kind of lambasting Louis Thoreau, uh, who's like a BBC documentarian who's like embedding himself inside a Charles Manson-y type cult of serial killers in Britain. Um, but there were so many good movies, and I, I highly encourage you to head over to PanicFilmFest.com just to check out their programming. Like, basically just add all of the movies that they programmed to your watch list. And if you could head to NOFSPodcast.com and read our reviews and stuff, and there'll totally be an Outwaters review there when you go to look at it. Yeah. Because I'm going to go write it right now. You better. <laughs> Oh, and of course, like you know, last but not least, the shorts film block. We didn't. We we also didn't get a chance to watch all of the shorts. But I will say, like, we have not yet. We will be watching all of the shorts uh, now that we're home. We actually have time. 
I always have these grand plans of like, oh, we'll catch up with everything that we missed at the festival while we're on the road. No. I wake up, I make a PB&J sandwich and a coffee, and then I drive for 12 hours. Occasionally, I have to walk the dogs. And then maybe have a pizza with Kim. Yeah, That's always nice. And then back on the fucking road the next day. It's, it's a bit of a grind, but I'm glad we're back. I've really come to love checking out the short film blocks at film festivals, you know, Sundance Film Festival, South by Southwest. I love the programming at Panic Fest. It's kind of like a best of playlist of shorts because Tim, uh, who does the who does the shorts programming, uh, is always, you know, paying attention to shorts that are playing at other festivals. And he's sort of like compiling best ofs from, from other festivals and, and also shorts that haven't come out yet. So I highly encourage you to check those out. A lot of them wind up on Alter or on YouTube as well. So, uh... I mean, if there are two that I remember that I two two that I really enjoyed were Guts, which is just a fun little like office spacey type horror comedy about a dude who's trying to get a promotion. But which, his guts are on the outside. But his guts are on the outside. <laughs> like, oh man, he would have this promotion on lock if it just wasn't for all these guts hanging out of his stomach. That one's great, and also and also the pay, which is a really creepy. Uh, short about a social media monster that grows in power. I, I, Nightmare on Film Street gives it four farts out of four. <laughs> Just a bit of an inside joke from the festival, but it's a really good short. Let us know what you're excited to see in 2022 from these movies that we've highlighted. I don't know if you've gotten, hopefully you've gotten some vibes for some. You have the outwaters on your wish list. You're going to demand that it's in theaters so that I can watch it again in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> they need to do that thing. Remember um, like the birth of Blumhouse where the you could like activity. demand paranormal activity. I'm going to create the website and it's just going to be my name over and over again. <laughs> Kimberly demands it. <laughs> oh, you should also create it so that way if anybody else Kimberly goes. with a different spelling demands <laughs> it <laughs> it's the one woman campaign to get the freakiest found footage movie in theaters it's so fucking weird it's so weird yeah i mean hey every movie is better in a in a in a theatrical setting but like goddamn, this one sitting in a dark room and watching this way too loud is the way to go also it's not like too spoilery but there's some fucking worms that scream and it it will haunt my dreams forever you can feel it in your bones <sighs> right the worms scream in a way that they should never scream. And it's supposed to be mixed that loud. It's 100% supposed to be that loud. The director was like, yep, that's how I wanted it to sound. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but also, now that we're home, we're going to be ramping up our Patreon stuff, our Fiend Club stuff. Uh, we just dropped episode three of our Never Sleep Again series, where we've been going through the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, one episode at a time. Uh, and it was recorded in a single, what was it, 28-hour session? No, no longer. That was only almost 40 hours it took us my bad <laughs> yeah yeah we're we're still we just like you said we just released the third episode still nice and lively uh, i think one or two more episodes you that we really start to feel it it yeah, really th- starts to weigh on you how many movies you have to watch and how late you're going to have to stay up to do it. And the movies start to get really weird from here on out, so it's it's going to get pretty wild. Yeah, there's a real no man's land of, of Nightmare on Elm Street movies from part four all the way to Freddy vs. Jason. And I we, can't wait. And we watch them at like 3 a.m., so it's it's going to be some fucking episodes. The perfect time. I cannot, I cannot explain the joy of watching Freddy pretend to be the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> when it's, it's 6 a.m., you've been awake for almost 24 hours, 
and you're like, wait, what the fuck am I looking at? I completely forgot about this. You can join our Patreon Fiend Club for as low as three bucks a month. There's a few other tiers on there that'll get you extra perks and content. And that is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. And as always, you can support the show for zero dollars by recommending it to a friend. Uh, just grab your friend's phone out of his hands. Uh, subscribe him to the podcast. He's going to love it. You know it. Rated uh, five stars. Rated five stars, of course, on, on Apple Podcasts. I like this show. Signed, Carl. Oh, is that what all of the, like, I've stolen my friend reviews should be? If we see 18 of those <laughs> pop up, we know that someone has stolen Success. their friend's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I demand it. Kimberly with an I. <laughs> and let us know what you're watching in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. We're on Twitter at nofspodcast. We're on Instagram at Nightmare on Film Street. You know where to find us. Just search Nightmare on Film Street. We will be there. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.